0: You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus Christ. That's our position. Because of Jesus, we are given the privilege of being seated next to the Father. The thoughts of God over your life is a weapon to help you remember the love of God and your identity in Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit in you that gives you access to both the Father's thoughts and his feelings. The Holy Spirit is your weapon. Knowing the Father's heart for you is ultimately allowing him to transform your mind and thoughts into his own. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That for me sums up walking with the Holy Spirit. Through the perfect and finished work of Jesus on the cross. We have been given a seating in Jesus next to the father. And not only that, the climax of the cross is that we've been given the Holy Spirit. And so we get to know the mind, the thoughts, the emotions of the father and Jesus through fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that transforms us day by day, by day to look more like Jesus. And for me, that's what walking with the Holy Spirit is, is this beautiful journey. It is our weapon to know the thoughts of the Father, to know his heart, to know his passion and his dreams, and then to let that be worked into our mind, worked into our heart, and then into the outward expression of our lives. That's our journey with the Holy Spirit. And um, I want to just speak a little bit about that, glorious inheritance for us. I've been singing this refrain over and over again. Holy Spirit lead so I can follow you. Holy Spirit lead so I can follow you just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. And it's been this refrain for the last couple of months and I feel like that's for us as a community. It's like, let us learn to be led by the Spirit so that we look like Jesus did. That is our inheritance. And so today I just want to set a ground for that. I want... I want you to walk away with the revelation about the Holy Spirit, not just mind knowledge. He's moving here, he's speaking to each one of you, because revelation is when I speak words that are seeds, they get planted in your heart and they bear fruit. It's not knowledge, it's revelation. And so I'm praying this afternoon that you will encounter the words that I speak, the truth, and that it will actually be a seed that bears fruit in your life, that you don't just know about, the Holy Spirit, but you are intimately acquainted in friendship with the Holy Spirit in a deeper way and that you walk away with this hunger to have a deeper friendship with him. Peter and Alish were telling me a week ago, I think about this amazing analogy, knowledge about the Holy Spirit is like me knowing about Mads and then writing this whole book about her from when she was born and everything she likes and everything about her that's so amazing. And then her meeting this man who falls in love with her and they plan to get married and on the big day this whole celebration happens and they get married and they go on honeymoon and just as he's reaching over for a snuggle Mads passes him the book learn about me instead of be with me in intimacy isn't that the most amazing picture and that's how it can be it can be like right I'm gonna learn about Jesus and the Holy Spirit but There not that friendship that intimacy that bears fruit out of intimacy we bear fruit so that's my prayer this afternoon that you walk away with revelation um jesus is the example not only of us but uh, not only for us but of us and and he walked clothed in humanity please listen to sean's preach if you haven't heard it from last week clothed in humanity knowing the human experience, and yet fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. That is the picture of who we are. Complete dependence on the Holy Spirit. And this human experience is glorious and wonderful and fun and full of adventure and beautiful, and it's painful and it's raw and it's hard and it's full of grief and difficult moments. And both of those, Jesus knows. He was betrayed, he was hurt, He felt exhaustion he felt all the human things and yet heaven was resident inside him and coming out of him and that's the model for us it's not we only have access to the holy spirit in the good moments it's very much in those moments that that can be a roadblock to us that he wants us to learn to rely on his voice the person of the Holy Spirit. So that is for me, the climax of the cross. And uh, Melissa Halsey says, the crescendo of the cross is that we don't have to walk this human experience alone. We tend to walk like we are alone, but we're not alone. And that is our gift. And that is our inheritance. We don't have to walk it alone. In the midst of everything we're going through, we can be completely empowered by the dynamic life of the Holy Spirit within us. Jesus said, if you look at me, you see the Father. I only do what the Father's doing because I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. Then he says, and now I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna give you my Holy Spirit so that you will be in me and I will be in you. So there's this beautiful parallel image of Jesus as a man completely representing his Father in heaven, so much so that he says, if you see me, you see the Father. The Holy Spirit was the dynamic fellowship between them when he was here on earth. And then he says, and look at you, you are in me and now I am in you and I've not left you alone, I've filled you with my spirit. And therefore, can we say when people look at us, come and see Jesus, Can, can we be his hands and feet? And the more we look like him, equals the more dependent we are on his Holy Spirit, on that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And our whole lives in Western society is built against that. The busyness, the self, the independence, the way of thinking is completely against dependence. In fact, dependence is looked down upon. If you're dependent on someone, you're weak. It's like, that's shameful to be dependent. You need to be independent. Dependence is our most important thing. It is our badge of honor, dependence. But we have to break this mindset that we grow up in that tells us actually dependence is weakness. For me, that challenge of beautiful surrender is real. Especially in wilderness seasons where things are hard. I think you've got, Sean was talking about this, you've got this choice, okay? Things are really hard things are really difficult, I'm facing all these different things, you've got this choice to get sucked into the energy field of these things that you're facing, or you get this choice to connect more with Jesus, to find him in this place, and I'm sad to say that mostly my default is fix it, the Holy Spirit said to me this week, I like, do you know what you are? you're like Fix-It Felix. Has anyone seen wreck Ralph? I was like, no, Lord, I'm not, because I, I mean, I depend on him a lot, but he was like, you like that little guy who runs around with the hammer and tries to fix everything, you know? <laughs> you're a little Fix-It Felix, and, I, and it kind of sunk in for me. I was like, wow, am I? Am I Fix-It Felix? Because I tend to rely on my own ability, and I tend to carry the burden of the stuff that we're busy with, with, even the dreams that we've partnered with the Lord, and eventually I'm like, you know what, this isn't working out, I'll take it on my own own shoulders, and that is the obsession with self, you're actually just not like anyone, like different from anyone else, you're just doing your best, trying your hardest, (laughs) and Jesus is right there with everything we need the full resources and limitless resource of heaven but we choose our own strength and i want to learn to choose dependence on the holy spirit and i want us to learn dependence on the holy spirit <laughs> someone said to me snuggle don't struggle <laughs> Ooh, i don't want to snuggle when i am like in that that fix-it mode you can even ask my children when i'm in fix-it mode they, I love you, mommy. I can see you struggling. I can't right now. I need to fix it. Am I right? She's a hugger. I'm like, no, need to fix it. Snuggle and not struggle. That's what we need to learn to do, to snuggle into the Holy Spirit. And When you get Holy Spirit, you get Jesus and the Father. You cannot separate. You have Holy Spirit within you. You have Jesus and the Father. He is the fellowship with both. So snuggle into the Spirit. You're lying on the lap of the Father embraced by Jesus that's what we need to learn to do more and more and more self is like the subtle skin that we have that we need to shed we need to shed that skin from when we little like this little age like little Jesse what milestone you know you go to school and like what marks and you leave school like what are you doing we are what we do so what do you do who are you tell me who you are because I know what you do performance is so deeply ingrained guys and i just hope the holy spirit speaks to you because it looks different for all of us can i tell you something super profound is that the holy spirit says to me it's not only when you're strong and you're working your ability that you're relying on self when you say i am not enough self hate is also obsession with self when you say i'm too weak god i can't do that he's like that's obsession with self because if you rely on me Aha. Then you found out what reliance and dependence is. So it's not only when you're strong and achieving, it's when you're weak and you wanna say, I'm not enough. You are not enough. That's why Jesus went to the cross. The law <laughs> showed us, you are not enough. He went to the cross that you, di- you, were, you died with him, you were buried with him and you were resurrected to be a new creation that has full access to the limitless power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now we're talking not in your own strength, in heaven. So James just says this, and I just want to, I'm not going to read it from James, but uh, James says, okay, maybe I'm going to read it from James. (laughs) If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. Okay, so when it refers to the beginning, it's saying from Genesis, we were made to be dependent children who trust our perfect father. Then sin comes in and we become isolated, independent, and self-reliant. And then Jesus comes and he gives us our original destiny back, okay? That's what this book is all about, every page of it. So. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear, and they are strengthened by that, and they experience God's blessing in all that they do. This is our mirror, this word. The Holy Spirit is the author of this word and he's also the interpreter, he's our teacher. So this is where our attention is. And that mirror image was quite confusing for me because I was like, I look in the mirror and then I see who I am. No, not this mirror because when I look in this mirror, I see my flaws, I see my limitations, I see my stuckness. It's when I look in this mirror Then I see the real Kirsten. Then I see who I really am in Christ. That's different. So the word is saying, when we put down the word and the word that is the spirit of Jesus, the word is Jesus, right? And we set that aside and we look at our life and we're busy with our tasks and we're busy with our stuff, then we forget who we are and we lose that reality in our life and we just live like our best ability and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's like a roller coaster sometimes it's really bad but when we stay here with the word and the spirit of Jesus the living word then we know who we really are and then we live a life that is completely different to that other life that is about self and what I can do so Galatians 2 verse 20 says we are under a completely new order Galatians 2 verse uh, 20, my old identity has been crucified with the Messiah and I no longer live for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. Now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. Why do we want to live sorting out our own stuff, looking in the mirror of our limitation when we are one with Jesus? and we get to live out of the limitless resource of heaven. My new life is empowered by the faith of the son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. We need to shift. We need to shift to total dependency and it's painful sometimes because we wanna go like this and the world tells us we need to go like this all the time, all the time, all the time. But beautiful surrender is beautiful. We have faced some challenges recently and I've been like, Lord, I'm done. And he's like, I want you to access my grace and spirit in this moment. And he was like, What's coming out of your mouth? Do you know what is coming out of my mouth? Is a song by the houses. I am strong and full of life. I am strong and full of life. I am I am steadfast, no compromise. I lift my head to the sky. I'm going to catch the wind. Because in that place of complete brokenness and weakness, where I actually cannot fix it, Felix, anything, (laughs) I'm strong and full of life. What? I'm brave and confident. I'm me. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. What? That's not what I feel. It's not what I feel. But that's the Holy Spirit rising in me. That's the shift that we want to make. So I'm quickly going to read an allegory from... Galatians. Galatians, guys, is called Heaven's Freedom. This is a book about Heaven's Freedom. And so when we started this theme of freedom this afternoon, I was like, the Holy Spirit is so committed to our freedom, and freedom is not doing what you want to do. That's what the world says. You're free when you can do what you want to do. No, freedom is when you live by the Spirit. That is freedom. And He is committed to our complete freedom. The Old Testament allegory is this. Haven't you ever listened to what the law really says? Have you forgotten that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave girl and the other by the free woman? Okay, one second. If you read through Galatians, it is all about grace versus the law. Life of the spirit versus living under the law. And I was like, you know, I haven't contemplated um, like any specific traditional celebrations recently, or having everyone need to go and get circumcised or wear special clothes. Or, you know, that's not really, you know, the things that I've been thinking about recently. So why does the law apply to me? What does this talk about law, law, law? I don't even think about Jewish law. And the Holy Spirit said to me, the law is the obsession with self. So the law is like, I must please God. I must please man. I must be better. I must work harder. I am not enough. Obsession with self is the law. Okay, now I understand. Because when I'm here, I'm under the law. When I'm here, I'm under life of the Spirit. I'm empowered by grace. Okay, so this allegory is, Abraham had two sons. God says to Abraham, he gives him a promise, you are going to have a child. And then years and years and years go by, and he doesn't have a child, and he's old. So fix it, Felix makes a plan. Actually his wife made the plan. Anyway, he has this son (laughs) with his servant girl, Hagar and he's Ishmael. And so the story goes on. Ishmael, the son of the slave girl was the child of the natural realm. That realm where we plan and we're like, God, these are my plans. If you could just bless that, that would be wonderful. I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna sort this out. I'm gonna do this or you know, reaching those places of, I'm not enough. But Isaac, the son of the free woman, was born supernaturally by the Spirit, a child of the promise of God. That is this reality, the promises of God, not in my timing, and I'm finding not in the way I understand at all, but the supernatural promises of God giving birth to life versus me, fixing, planning, making the plan when it doesn't work out, making it, being like, Lord, where are you? I don't even know if you're real. Mm -hmm. The two women and their sons express an allegory and become the symbols of the the, the two covenants. Listen to this. For it is written, burst forth with gladness, O barren woman with no children. Break through with shouts of joy and jubilee for you who are about to give birth. The one who was once considered desolate and barren now has more children than the one who has a husband. It's like when you have nothing, when everything's going wrong, when you can't make sense of anything, when it's like you're barren, celebrate because God is God and he is God of the impossible and he is good and he never fails and every good gift is from him. Dear friends, just like Isaac, we are now the true children who inherit the kingdom promises. And just as the son of the natural world at that time harassed the son of born of the power of the Holy Spirit, so it is today. And what does the scripture tell us to do? Expel the slave mother with her son. The son of the slave woman will not be a true heir, for the true heir of the promises is the son of the free woman. That means kick it. Kick self. It's not like half, half. I'll be here, then I'll be here. It's like expel expel that way of living expel the desire to always fix it to always rely on self to always be not enough to always go back to that place and actually learn to walk with the holy spirit So I put these three chairs out here because I just wanted to show the three different positions. Um, the first one we're presenting where we all were unsaved. And then these two actually have the same position in Christ. They are both believers born again <coughs> positions. But the one is relying on self. Nothing's wrong, but something's not right Yeah, It's that roller coaster. And... The Lord is calling us to dream dreams for our world that are bigger than us and you can't do it sitting here because you can't do it. It's only when you go into this chair, the chair that Jesus sat in as a son of God, fully righteous in front of the Father, full access to the Holy Spirit, full access to the affection of the Father and the limitless resource of heaven. This is the seat Jesus sat in. When we sit here, We can dream dreams that are bigger than us because not up to me, I can't make it happen. Those dreams are really scary to dream because we have to rely and depend on the Holy Spirit. And this world needs us to sit here and not there. This world needs heaven to break out. This world needs God's goodness, his kindness, his favor, his heart to break into places healing and reformation and goodness and ideas. And, but we're not gonna do it there. We're only gonna do it when we learn to completely rest in the finished work of the cross and the friendship, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did. There's a Kirsty here, and she may look quite ex- successful. She's got gifts and talents. She does stuff in her own ability. She's okay. But she's also very anxious. You can, you can see the, the, the scars here of the burdens that she carries because it's so heavy to fix everything and make it happen, you know. There's stuff here, if you go and read in the Galatians 5, like in the message and the passion where it unpacks what life in the natural realm looks like, emotional baggage, you know, being stuck in things and anxiety and all of that. And then there's a curse to hear I don't don't fully really know yet, but Jesus knows and that's where I'm his daughter and this is where we're going to partner and see heaven come to earth and I am not really responsible for it because I don't know what it's going to look like and my self-worth is not going to be able to come from it because it's not at all about me. But maybe I don't also have to carry the burden of it. So I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, I want you to in friendship with me to continue to become more like Jesus right here in this position. So can I just pray for us? There's the story in Narnia where Eustace Scrub, very unfortunate name, is um, he's a very nasty, selfish, awful boy. And they end up, long story, end up on this island full of treasure and it's a magical island. And he goes into this cave and he sees all this treasure and it's um he gets so greedy and like all this stuff comes out and he just puts treasure on his arms and he falls asleep hugging these coins and he wakes up and he's a dragon it's like he wakes up and these like these bangles are so sore on him and he looks and he's he's got this dragon skin Anyway, he realizes like it's an outward e- expression of the stuff that's been in his heart. And then the lion Aslan comes. And he goes into this encounter with Aslan where Aslan's claws just like go like, on the skin, like a snake skin. And he just sheds this dragon skin. And he looks and he's like so beautifully clean and open and underneath you know it's so beautiful it's like such a beautiful picture and i just feel like sometimes that obsession with self that reliance is like this this old skin this old garment that we this dead thing that we're not supposed to wear we are the children of god we are the sons and daughters and i just feel like in this moment the holy spirit just wants us to share that so let's pray thank you for listening for more information please visit our website the